Uh, we're going to gonna, gonna go ahead and dive in here, okay? We're just going to jump on in um, where the Lord has taken us. Uh, over the past few weeks, and actually since the beginning of the year, God has really laid on my heart to restart. The word restart, uh, I can't get, get past that. Um, hitting that reset button or that restart button uh, for the church. And, and I, I, I kept asking the Lord, what does that look like? What are you, what are you really meaning when you're saying that? I, I was praying and seeking the Lord. And, and he just says, I, I want us to go back. Go back and remind the body of Christ why we do what we do and why they do what they do. And of course, last week we talked about um, uh, what does it look like to be a Christian? And I was really excited about that. And many of, many of you uh, went home and you thought about it and you, you called me and you, you, you asked, you said, Pastor Gary, I really need to restart in areas of my life. And maybe it might be in your marriage. Maybe you need to hit a restart and you need to restart your marriage again. You need to start doing things right. Maybe you need to be the husband you need to be, the wife you need to be, the parent that you need to be, your children. Or maybe you're single and you know that your life has just gotten a little bit out of, out of kilter or whatever, and you need to restart. You need to get your life back where it needs to be. Or maybe your finances is out of whack, and you need to restart that. And say, God, I'm tired. I'm, I'm, spending's out of control, and I need to get that back in line. Or maybe you just need to uh, restart in general your life, okay? But today we're going to talk about what's God's plan for my life. And we're going to restart that as well, because a lot of people ask me that question. But before we do, I'm going to pray. And I'm going to ask you to pray with me that God will have his way. And I really want you to ask yourself this question, what areas in my life do I need to work on? We've got to review. We've got to take inventory. I have to do that, because right now the church is getting really busy. And Carl and I, we had a wonderful conversation. I love it. I love that couple back there. They, they've been with us since day one and um, a big part of Elevation Church. And that man right there works harder than five teenage boys. That guy's amazing and what he does. But what I love about him most is not that his talent and his gifts and abilities, he tells me the same thing. What I love most about him and that precious couple, Gail, his wife, is that they really truly love the Lord. And he looked at me this morning and said, Pastor, I, I want to make sure you're okay spiritually, that you don't get so busy that you lose focus. And I love that. And that's what we need to be to one another, is to look at one another and keep each other accountable. How are you doing? Are you spending quality time? This morning, I woke up at, at 4.30 in the morning, and I just really... I read my, read my Bible and read some devotional material, but I just stopped and I paused. I said, God, I really want to get close to you. I really need your presence in my life. Because God, I need direction. I need wisdom. As we continue to pick up and get busier and busier and busier, because when we get busier, the needs gets more and more and more, and hospitals become greater and greater and greater. And because of that, I'm going to have to find other pastors to go and, and, and be at some of those places as well because there's just no way we can all get there. No, Greg, but we're feeling it. We're both feeling just, just growth. So let's just pray this morning that we back up and we hit another reset button and we're going to talk about what's God's plan for my life 
And I've shared a little bit of this over the few months, but we need to hit it again. Because many of you, you ask that question. And before you leave, you're going to know exactly really what God's plan is for your life. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, I, I thank you for another opportunity that we have to hear your word. And I pray that, God, that we just won't get used to coming to your house and, and get all caught up in tradition. But God, let us all this morning be able to press into your presence, God, and allow you to truly transform us. God, renew our minds. Refresh us, God. Renew us, God, as we just stop and we pause and we say, God, just use me however that you want to use me. God, I, I give myself to you. And God, I pray that, Father, that this morning, that God, that you will speak to us. There is someone here that they are hurting, that they're in a place of confusion. And God, you and you only, God, can really, truly set them free and give them the answers that they need. And God, I pray that right now you set this environment up to be able to do that so that you can be God to those who really need you this morning, God. And God, I ask all of this in your awesome name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Dave. And wow, it's good to see Dave and Denise here this morning. And Mama and Papa, they're doing somewhat better. We're going to just speak that life over them right now that they're doing really good and um, better. And we're going to just need to pray for health on them. And uh, Linda Zoman had surgery this week and everything went well with that and uh, some heart surgery. And so she's doing well with that. And Ed's doing really well as well in his rehabilitation. Pray that they can get that leg moving and all those people down there working to pieces to get that thing going in Jesus' name. Amen. So he can get back and, and moving for the Lord as well. So as I've already shared, that restarting is what we've been talking about. Last week, it was about what does a Christian really look like? What, what, what is a Christian supposed to be? And we went through that. And, but this morning, we're going to take a step further. We're going to talk about what's God's plan for my life? A lot of people ask me this question. I really don't know what God's plan is for my life. Now, we have a, 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 a portrait in our home. And matter of fact, I think Dr. Crosdell taught Wednesday night, if you were not here, powerful, powerful time in, in the Lord and in the word that he shared with us. But he shared something similar to this. But this is what we have hanging in our house. It's actually in our bathroom, and I don't know why it's there, but um, it's there. And, now, and you kind of get tickled when you read it because this, I read it there, and I'm like, why is this in the bathroom? But anyway, it says this happiness is not the destination. It's the journey. Now, you use that however you want to think in the bathroom. I don't know. But, um, but that is really true, isn't it? And this is actually the plan of God as well. And sometimes when you want to know what God's plan is for your life, a lot of people want to say a cookie-cutter picture what it is. It's like it is the destination. And do you know when you're in God's plan, there's really not a destination. It's actually a journey that you're on. As a matter of fact, one of the greatest men in the Bible that I love was Paul. He had a good handle on understanding this principle, understanding what God's plan was for his life and realizing that he was never going to attain it 
until one day he gets to heaven, but it was a journey that he was on. And listen how he puts it here in Philippians 3, verses 13 and 14. Now, again, I'm going to pause. Before we leave, I want all of us, you're going to walk out here going, I really know what God's plan is for my life. And quit complicating it, because sometimes we do that. Watch what, watch what Paul says here. He says, brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Okay? This thing that God wants me to do. I haven't got it all figured out yet. I don't know. I don't understand everything about, about life, about, about the plan of God. But he says, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what lies ahead. I'm going to stay in this game. I'm going to keep pushing forward on this thing. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And see, Paul knew, really, he knew what God's plan that, 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 uh, that of God for his life. He knew what God's plan was for him. And matter of fact, God's plan for you, God had it planned for all of us. Thousands and thousands of years ago, God had already established his plan for you. And here's the beautiful thing, and it's never changed. God's plan is still the same today as it was always. As a matter of fact, God had a plan for the children of Israel when they were in captivity. You remember that? Whenever Pharaoh had them captive in Egypt, over 4 million people, and God goes to Moses and said, Moses, I want you to tell the children of Israel, I want you to go down there before I release them, before they come out of captivity, this is the one thing I want you to tell them. I have a plan for them. And matter of fact, he, he says, I got four I wills that I want you to tell them. It's the four I wills in the Bible that I love, and I want to read it to you here. So, so Moses goes to the children of Israel while they're still in captivity, in bondage to Pharaoh, and this is what God tells Moses to tell the children of Israel. And it's actually four of them, four I wills, and this is actually for us as well today. It says in Exodus 6, verses 6 and 7, therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord. And number one, I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. There it is. There's number one, the I will. The second thing he says, I will free you from being slaves to them. That's the second one. Now here's the third I will, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and, will, and with mighty acts of judgment. And now here's the fourth one. He says, and I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. Isn't that awesome? So four I wills here. As a matter of fact, this entire passage of scripture is where we get the Passover today. How many of you have heard of the Passover? And they celebrate. The Jewish culture celebrates the Passover. We celebrate it with them, and they get it from these four I wills. And it's actually broken down into four categories. And let me show them to you here, because when they celebrate the Passover, this is what they're celebrating, and it's coming from this scripture. And the first thing that they celebrate is they celebrate their sanctification, how God set them apart, had called them a holy people, and was preparing them for something here. And we get it from this passage of scripture. I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. So the first thing that they celebrate over the Passover is their sanctification. How God called them to be, to be different. Called them out to be somebody special. Set apart as holy. And the second thing they celebrated was the second of the I will. And they celebrated their deliverance. They celebrated that, that, that God delivered us from the hand of our enemy. 
and we're free now. And it comes from this one. I will free you from being slaves. And this is what God wants to do in all of us this morning. He wants to free us from being slaves to whatever's got you in bound and bondage. And so here's the third I will. And then what they celebrate, they celebrate their redemption. Redemption is a means to buy back. Now, here's where salvation comes in, in the Old Testament, related to a type and a shadow of the New Testament. Now, in, in, before anyone could be saved, the a sacrifice has to be given. And, and you all know the story. God tells Moses to tell the children of Israel, I want you to sacrifice a clean animal, a, a lamb, and I want you to take the blood of the lamb, and I want you to put it on the doorpost and put it over the doorframe. And, and what's going to happen is you're going to be delivered from the hand of the enemy. The, the death angel, when it comes through the Egypt, it's going to pass over your door, going to pass over your home. This is where we get the word Passover from. And so they celebrate that they've been delivered. And by the way, what washes away your sins today? It's the blood of Jesus. Anytime that, 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 that salvation comes, it has to be, a sacrifice has to be given. And the ultimate sacrifice was the blood of Jesus when he died at Calvary. And so now here's the first, or the fourth thing that they celebrated in this passage of scripture is they celebrate their redemption. They're redeemed, okay? They are redeemed. Or, 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 or bought back by the blood of the Lamb, I will redeem you. And the fourth thing they celebrate is this one. They celebrate by praising God for what he did. Just, they just celebrate. They're praising God for delivering them, for setting them free, for getting them out of the captivity. He says, I will take you as my own people. So in other words, now they belong to the family of God. Now they belong to someone. They belong to somebody. And so this was the plan for them. And this is also still the plan that God has for you and me. And he still wants to do this very thing in all of us. And like Paul said, he's still on a journey. And as we're trying to find the plan of God, it's nothing more than a journey. Now, now let's keep reading on here because that Paul puts it this way in Ephesians 1 verses 11 and 12. He says, in Christ, or it's in Christ that we find out who we are. You want to know who you are? Get saved. Get saved. That's how you understand finally who you are. We're going to talk about that here in just a minute, a little deeper. And what we are living for, what your purpose is. Long before uh, we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eyes on us. He knew you. Thousands of years ago, he had a plan for us, had designs on us for glorious living, he wants you to live a good life here right now. Part of the overall purpose, he is working out in everything and in what? Everyone. Wow, what a promise that God gives us. And so really when I think about all this, our purpose is not just to move us along, but our purpose is actually to move others along. And we're going to really dig into that. And so, and so when we talk about God's plan for our lives, again, it, it's, we're just talking about the journey, what Paul was talking about. When you want to find your purpose, your purpose is, is you're, you're on a journey. I'm in God's purpose. I was in God's purpose when I woke up and I walked in this building. I'm in God's purpose because I'm standing in this pulpit and I'm, and I'm using what God has given me to minister to you this morning. I'm in God's purpose. You're in God's purpose by being obedient, by coming to the house of God. And I'm going to show you as we go along. But let me give you this truth this morning that I want you to sink it in. Let it sink into your heart. God's plan for our lives is more about the journey than the destination. 
And when you finally get a hold of that, you're going to stop saying, what's God's plan for my life? Because while you're speaking, what's God's plan for my life? You're already in God's plan. If you're doing ministry, if you're doing something for the glory of God. And so um, with this, so let's take a look at this journey that Paul was talking about because we need to understand what really is God's purpose for my life because I think we complicate it so much. So again, what we're going to do, we're just restarting. I'm going to remind all of us what God's plan is for us. And actually, we can find it in our mission statement. This is where God gave us our mission statement, actually from the scripture that I just read to you. This is where we get our mission statement from. How many knows what our mission statement is? We need to learn that because that's God's plan for your life. What's the first one? Winning the lost. What's the second one? Setting captives free. What's the third one? Discipling the believers. Growing, learning. And what's the fourth one? Freedom of worship. And so what you realize is, is really the first three is about other people, isn't it? It's about other people. And, and that's why you always hear me say this here. The most happiest that you will ever be is when it's about other people. The most miserable you'll ever be is when it's about yourself. You see, we get saved, not just necessarily for ourselves. We get saved for other people that God's going to use. And this is what we're going to find out as we go along. But now the fourth one in freedom of worship is where we come back together, where we're refreshed and we begin to grow and we begin to worship our Lord. And after we do that, then we go back out and we begin to accomplish those other, those others. And so let me show you four things here that we can do to just be in God's purpose or be in God's plan. What is his plan? So, so the first one is this is, is number one, what's God's plan for all of our lives after we're saved? Here's what it is. Get people saved and set free from darkness, from the darkness that they're living in. There are lost people everywhere, church, winning the lost. That's the first one. I don't know if you noticed, but there are people everywhere, lost, walking everywhere you see. In John 8, verses 34, watch what it says here. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, I don't know if you, I'm going to be honest with you, lost people are miserable and they really sometimes don't even know it. They're lost. They're just lost and, and they need a savior. There are people everywhere that you look and they're lost in need of a savior. They're, they're helpless and they're hopeless. And they don't even really realize how helpless and hopeless they are. But they're just walking along and they're, they're wondering, there's something I'm missing. I, don't, I can't put my finger on it, but there's something bigger. There's something better than this. And so they keep trying this and it doesn't work out. And they'll try something else and it doesn't work out. They try this and that and it never works out. They're trying to do all these external things to just try to fix an internal problem, an internal issue. And there's only one name that can fix it. And his name says that it's above all other names. And his name is Jesus. And you see, and we have the answer. And we can help fix their lives if we could just begin to find the people. And you know, someone said, there's one thing worse than being saved. One thing worse. And I thought, well, what in the world could that be? There's one worse thing than, than when, when you're lost. One thing that's worse than being lost is being lost and no one looking for you. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. 
Man, we put a lot of emphasis on our EMTs, don't we? We put a lot of emphasis on getting people healed. We put a lot of emphasis on, trust me, those doctors are doing everything they can to help people. When someone has a heart attack, man, they bring in a helicopter, they fly them and lifeline them down to wherever. Man, they're on it. Why? Because they don't want these people to die. We got defibrillators right here in this church. If you go down, we're, we're putting them on you, <laughs> okay? And we got medical people that can do this. So don't anybody be alarmed. <laughs> They can help you. But what my point is this, is when somebody, or let's say a car crashes out here, and that, and that car crashes, and, and they're in that vehicle, what do you what do? You do? If, you, if you knew you could go out and help that person, and they're bleeding, you could stop the bleeding, and you could save them, what would you do? Would you just watch them die? You would do everything in your power to save them. But see, we got to look at people that are lost. Think about this. That's just saving them from this world. A temporary world. I'm talking about an eternal world. The Bible says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son and whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You see, I'm gonna be dead a lot longer than I'm gonna be alive. So I gotta know how to get on the other side and stay over there, amen. And listen, we're, we're living in a time where there are lost people everywhere and we need to treat them the same way that we're treating the people that's, that's wrecked in the cars, people that falls over with a heart attack or whatever. We need to have that same urgency, more urgency, because they're going to die, and they're going to die in a literal hell. We believe in a little heaven and a little hell here in this church. We believe that. If we, really, if we really thought of that, we'd do everything in our power to save them. And there's one thing that I also learned is that when... Uh, Sherry, our daughter back here, um, and she had her boys or someone in the car, and, and she was coming to the house, and she come up over this hill, and she was in her side, but there were some teenage boys in their truck, and they were actually in her lane, and they saw her, and they, they came up, he was coming up this, this, this way, she was coming up the hill this way, and they were in her lane, and they saw her and almost crashed in her, and they swerved off the road, and they go and hit this tree. Remember what I'm talking about? They hit this tree. David Cheney was at the house. And so Dave and I, she texted, hey, there's somebody just, just crashed their car in a tree. There's three teenage boys. And so Dave and I raced there. We're going to go there to help. We were the first ones on the scene. Then finally the EMTs, everybody starts coming in. But there was a teenage boy that was just messed up. We thought he was on drugs, but it wasn't drugs. He got such a head trauma that he was delirious. He was running around and we didn't know what, to, we couldn't stop him. But it finally, finally we had to, pin him down and make him stay there until the paramedics got him. And when they got there, they realized he had a head trauma and they actually flew in the Lifeline helicopter to get him down to one of the hospitals in Louisville. But here's the thing. He was fighting us. He didn't like what we were doing when we were holding him down. And sometimes a lost person doesn't like it whenever you tell them, no, I'm just trying to save you from dying going to hell. They don't like that. You ever see someone like that? I do what I want to do. But, but one day, if you save their life, they're going to look at you in heaven and say, thank you, thank you so much for taking time and making me do this. Because of you, I'm saved, and I'm living a life of, of, for eternity here in earth, here, here in heaven, amen. You getting what I'm saying? So sometimes you, I, we got to do everything we can. I know I dwelled on this a lot longer than I should have. But, but then again, here in Titus, it tells us who we used to be and, and who we need to minister to. In Titus 3, verses 3 and 7, it says, Once we too were foolish and disobedient. We were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. 
Our lives was full of evil and envy, and we hated each other. Does that sound familiar? (laughs) What we're living right now. But when God, our Savior, revealed his kindness and love, what happened? He saved us. He saved us not because of the righteous things that we've done. Remember, our salvation is a free gift. You can't earn it. You can't do anything. It's a free gift. It's a gift from God. Not, Not for the righteous things that we've done, but because of his mercy, he washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously, he generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Why? Because of his grace, his free grace. He made us right in his sight and gave us what? Confidence that we will inherit eternal life. Amen. Amen. So what's God's plan for our lives? God's plan for you and me is to win as many people as we can for the glory of God. So our, our plan, the first plan is get people saved and set free from the darkness that they're living in. That's the first plan. Now here's the second plan of God for our lives. It's very basic and general. It's to help people get healed and delivered. Get them set free. Get them delivered. Because once you get people saved, they still have bondages. They still have, have things in their life that's got a grip in their life. It could be anything. It could be alcohol, nicotine, drugs, whatever. Could be lust, pornography, could be whatever. It could be anything, gambling. But there's sometimes once you get saved, now it's time to be delivered. It's time to get free from these things. Now, this is the reason why we have so many classes here. Because what what was our purpose? Winning the loss and then setting captives free. That's why when you're here, you're going to see that we have classes for uh, uh, freedom classes that uh, Mike and Evelyn is going to be doing to the, the, the help you get set free from addictions and uh, hookups and habits and whatever you call it. They're going to help you with that. Why? Because this is our purpose. Becky's got a class to help someone when you lose a loved one, a, a child, a mom, a dad, and you're grieving with that. We're going to help you and deliver you, get you delivered from that. And then Lisa's got a class as well that, that deals with the spiritual hiccups that you're dealing with. Maybe something spiritually happened to you as a child and you're dealing with this thing spiritually and it's affecting you. You could be free from that. And then we have classes as maybe people's uh, uh, spinning out of, out of control. We want to heal you in that area. Get that, get that under control. Why? Because God anoints us that we can do it. Let me show it to you here. You, God has gifted you to do this. Watch, in Luke 4, verses 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon who? Make it personal. You, me, me. Why? Because he has what? He's anointed me, you, put you in there, and me, anointed us to preach the gospel to the poor. Guess what? You get to preach. Guess what? You get to share. Preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me, what? To heal the brokenhearted. The ones who's hurt, the ones who's wounded, what Becky's doing, okay? To proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of the sight to the blind. Somebody who's physically sick, God God has given us the anointing to be able to, to help get them free from that, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. God has anointed you. God is, God's spirit is upon you. He's placed that anointing on you. He's given you the power to use to be able to help people get set free. That's God's purpose for your life. Let's keep going here. In John 8, verses 34 and 36, watch this. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. 
Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family. Did you just see this? And here's what I want you to see. Family is critical in healing. Being a part of a family is so critical when it comes to you being healed and set free in areas of your life. That's why so many people are distracted from coming to God's house because the enemy knows if you could get with God's people, you can be healed. Now watch. Now, he's not a part of the family. So so he's, he's a slave to that. He has no permanent place. He's never committed himself to any church, any small group or anything. So he's not in a place in the family. But a son, someone who gets saved, belongs to it, the family, forever. If you're saved this morning, you belong to the family of God. So if the son, here it is, sets you free, you will be free indeed. Now, coming to church, now why is this so important? Why is it so important? I'm put this truth up there. So really the plan, God's plan is to help all of us find freedom, okay, is God's people, the family. That's what it is. God's plan to help us find freedom is God's people. It's the family of God. This is the reason why Adam Bacon, he gets up and shares James 5 verse 16. He says that if I confess my sins to one another, that I will be healed. When you confess it, when you confess what you're in, when you confess what you're going through, the family of God, your healing can come through that because this is the way God set it up. So I'm going to encourage you today, listen to me very closely. If you have not ever become part of any group, we need to get groups started. This year, I'm going to make a special special point. I want to make sure that every single one of you, by the end of this year, when you're going through a battle, when you're going through a struggle, you need to have a, someone in this church that you can pick up the phone and call and talk to and ask for help. If you don't, if you don't, you're not becoming a part of the body of Christ. You've got to do that because this is a big part of your healing. You want God to set you free? Become a part of that group. Listen, this is what Becky's, Becky's got this group. Evelyn and Mike's going to get this group. It's so a group of people. They're going to help people get free. When you speak, you'll be free. So the Spirit of the Lord is on us, and he's equipped all of us. He's empowered us to be able to help people get out of bondage. So pray for the sick and people that are in bondage. So the first plan that God has for us is what? It's to win the lost, get people saved, and set free from the darkness that they're living in. And the second plan that God has for all of us is what? It's to help people get healed and delivered, okay? Set free. Now let's go to the third one. Here's the third plan that God has for all of us, and I need for us to get this this morning because this is what God's plan is for us. Help disciple and equip people. When's the last time that you've helped someone else? Or use your talent and minister to someone else, encourage someone else. Because again, the most happy you'll ever be is when it's about other people. When it's, it's not about us. See, our salvation has never been about, it's just about us getting saved and it's about us growing. Now that's the end one that we're going to come to in a minute. But our entire life, we surrender our life to God to be used by God to win a lost nation, win a lost world. That's, that's really our number one purpose. I'm going to ask you the question, are you doing that? 
Don't let the enemy put fear in you and keep you from doing it. God has, God has gifted you and, and given you certain people in your life that you can connect to. And you can connect to people that I can never connect to. I can connect to people that you can never connect to. But the people that I do connect to, God will open up a door so that I can help and I can minister them. Now, this is where we're all growing. We all have to take responsibility in this one. But just discipling the believers. In, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 18, I love this because it's a beautiful scripture. And by the way, who asked me about the message Bible? Here's the message this morning. Here we go. You ready? I love it. Now, it, it reads it this way. It says, our lives are gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like him. When we're growing together, this is where I want to go. This is where I want to live my life, right there. And again, I can't stress it enough. If you are not a part of some sort of a smaller group, get one together, start one, talk to us. We'll start a group for you. Get your own group, man. But you need to have some sort of a smaller group <coughs> that you can call your family because they will pray with you. They will minister to you. They will encourage you. You go to the hospital, they will know you're there. They will come visit you. And then they will tell me. And they'll tell one of the pastors. And guess what? We may show up and visit you as well. That's how that works. <laughs> but if you don't have a small group, then a lot of people, they get slipped through the cracks. And, and, and this is what the enemy does. Because he knows that if he disconnects you from the body of Christ, that you're not going to receive that healing that you need. Because when you confess it to one another, then you will be healed. You'll be healed. Hebrews 10 verses 24 puts it this way. And let us consider how we may spur one another on. What? Toward love and good deeds. You see, I, I give permission to Carl and the elders to speak into my life. You've got to have people speak into your life. If you don't, then you're not going to grow. <clears throat> I know people who lives in pride and never ask for help never wants help, feels like that they don't need it, that's very dangerous. Trust me, I'm not the smartest guy on the block. There are so many more people in this world so much smarter than me, so much wiser than me, and I'm going to go and I'm going to ask them to pray with me and pray for me. Jim, Pastor Jim, credible man of God. There's so many areas in his life so much wiser than me in. There's areas in my life I probably, I don't know, but, but it goes back and forth. But the areas where he's wiser, he'll speak into me. He helps me. He helps me when I not want to quit <laughs> when, when it gets tough, you know? Because there's times, yes, this pastor quits. <laughs> we just found out there's a, there's a pastor, local pastor, gets up in his pulpit. One, one service last weekend it was and, and just, just says, I'm done. Can't handle it anymore. And I want to ask myself, you know, I asked myself, was he really, really connected to someone that was, that was helping him, ministering to him? He got himself in a, in a, ba in a bad place. And so God has called us to build one another up and to help each other grow, to help each other grow. Ephesians 4, verses 7 and 11 and 12. And not only the body of Christ does that, but this is my responsibility to you as well. Watch. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ appointed it. <clears throat> so Christ himself gave the apostles, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to what? to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. 
You see, this is what God's called me to do, is to build you up, is to equip you. Every time that we get together, the word of the Lord is coming forth. And hopefully when you walk out of here today, you're going to say, I want to be used by God. I, I need to find someone to win to the loss. I, I need to be able to, to um, what was that? Thank you. I, I, need, I need that, you know. We need, to, we need to walk out and say, I need, we need to minister to people. And so I'm equipping you. And hopefully today you're going to be fired up and say, man, I'm going to go win somebody to the Lord. And then after I win to the Lord, I'm going to invite them to church, and we're going to get them set free because probably they're in bondage. And after they get set free, then we're going to start disciple them. We're going to start disciple them. We're going to start letting them grow. We're going to grow. And then we're going to come back to the church together, and then we're going to worship the Lord. And so what? To equip people for the works of the service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Come on, Pastor David, I'm wrapping up right now. So this is another part of the body of Christ, part of the... Number four, what's God's plan for your life? What's God's plan for your life? To get people saved and set free from that darkness that they're living in. Number two, what's God's plan for your life and my life? Is to help people get healed and delivered from bondages that they're living in. Okay? Third thing is to help disciple and equip people. That's the third one. Now, here's the fourth one. And this is for us. Now, this is for us, okay? This is his plan for us. Okay, that's the plan that he wants us to do, get busy after we get saved. But he also wants us to grow. And he wants us to take time to make sure we're healthy. The same conversation that, uh, that Carl and I had this morning, he wants to make sure I'm healthy. I love that because he loves me. He wants to make sure because he knows we're getting busier. Hospitals are getting more and more intense. Surgeries. So he wants to look after me because I'm his pastor. I thank God for that. And I want to look after you. I want to make sure you're healthy. Because I love you. I care about you. We got to keep, we got to look after one another. But here's a fourth one. Release God's power in you that God has given you, okay? Release God's power in you is God's plan for your life. And worship him. And worship him. This is what we're doing this morning. We have come into God's house to worship him. And while we're here, let God's power fill you and flood you. Amen. Because that's what he wants to do. He says the same power that raised Christ from the dead is dwelling and living in you. God has given it to us. And so we can take that power. And when we find lost people, go and minister to them and tell them about Jesus. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know, that you may know the hope to which he has called you. And what is it? The riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparable greatness or great power for us who believe. So this morning, God's plan for you is to release his power through you to minister to people. When you leave here today, because here's the time where we're practicing the last and final one in freedom of worship. We're coming together and we're worshiping the king of kings. We're being filled up. But once we get filled up, now it's time for us to go back out and take this to the world that's lost and dying. Get confidence again. Don't, don't, don't be fearful. Trust me, there are people, they're so hungry right now. 
They're so hungry right there. They're, they're racing to the houses of God. I don't know if you noticed or not, but this world is hungry. Why do you think these revivals are bouncing out? Why do you think they're rising up? And the, and the lost people that doesn't want anything to do with God, they're getting really nervous because they don't know what to do with the power of God when he falls. But God has given you power. God has given you authority to go and win a lost world. But Daniel 2 verses 20, praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. And we tap into that. First Chronicles 16 verses 23 and 25. Sing to the Lord all the earth. That's now. Now, here, proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. So today, we've come into this house to praise him, to worship him, and to fill up on all of his goodness and his glory and the power. And we're going to leave today, and we're going to find someone, and we're going to win the loss to the glory of God. And then we're going to get them, help them get set free in the name of Jesus. And then after we set them free, then, then we're going to begin to disciple them, and we're going to grow together. And then we're going to find another one. We're going to do the same thing. We're going to repeat the cycle. Why? Because that's the plan of God. It's not a destination, church. It is a process that continues to happen. God's plan for our lives is more about the journey than the destination. So get over what's God's plan. God's plan is for you to be a doer. Win people to the Lord. Get them set free. Amen. And then begin to help them grow. Amen. Amen. But if we get comfortable... We'll just, we'll just, we'll see lost people everywhere dying, bleeding to death in a car wreck. And the worst thing than someone being lost is being lost and no one cares. No one looking because we get so busy. I don't ever want to get to the place where I get so busy that I forget that this is just temporary. I'm going to die. I know you come to hear a positive message, but I'm going to die. We are going to die. Where's eternity? But we get to live forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And I think I shared this a few weeks ago. I don't know. But if, let's say if I had, come on, praise the worship team. Come on up here. Let's do it. If I, if I said, I've got Disney World tickets for you, all expenses paid. Wouldn't cost you a nickel for your entire family. Everything, airline tickets paid for, motels paid for, all the, all, anything, all, all, everything's paid for. All the events when you get there is paid for. You're even going to get a special tour guide to give, take you anywhere you want to go. All your food's paid for. All the events is paid for. No matter what, they know your name and everything you charge is paid for. Now, how many of you would want that if I gave it to you? If I had, who would say I would not want that? Please raise your hand. If you raise your hand, I'm going to just talk to you. Who would not want that? Greg's over it, I think. He don't want to go again. Well, okay. We'll give yours to somebody else. (laughs) There are those that are over it. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, I know he saw a lot of stuff he didn't want to say. But anyway, but let's say we'll pick something else. I don't know. A trip to just whatever, but okay. But who would really want to turn that down? But now think about this. But I'm, I, 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 I've, got, I've got a way that you can live forever. 
Who would not want to live forever? Okay, now, now I want to see anybody raise your hand. Who would not want to live forever? Who wants to die right now? Never live forever. Okay. But think about it. You can live forever. And ever and ever. Peace and joy and happiness, right? Who would want to, who would want to turn that down? His name is Jesus. I, I, can't get, I can't understand that. But you know what? I got that ticket. I've already got the ticket. I'm on my way. And my goal is to take as many people as I can with me. Because we can celebrate when we get there. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. And see, you need to tell others that. It's time that we, we, we reach out to a lost world that needs a Savior. Amen. And, and listen, the world is going to tell you it's, it's stupid, it's dumb, it doesn't work now. They tried that with me too. But I, once I tried him, I realized they were wrong. I realized they were wrong. You can't pay me to ever give Jesus up because Jesus has never let me down. Amen. Amen. Father God, I love you. I praise you this morning. God, we thank you. And God, I pray this morning that, God, that we will understand your plan for our life, God. Your plan, God, is for us to really win the lost. It's for us to set captives free that's living in bondage, God, that they don't even realize they have. And God, it's to disciple one another. It's to help one another grow. And lastly, Father God, your plan is for us to worship you is to give you praise, is to be worshipers, what you created us to be, God, so that, God, you can pour your power in us so that we can go back into the world and continue that cycle again and again and again because, God, it is a process. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with